Narimu, thank you so much for coming on, brother. It's it's an absolute honor to have you here. Calling in from Perth right now. I know there's a there's a big time gap that we worked around. So I really, really appreciate you taking the time out to be here, brother. It means a lot. Nah, not a problem at all, man. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's sick. You know, we, we were chatting a little bit beforehand and kind of just kind of getting to know each other and whatnot. And it's uh you've had a you've had a wild time man you've had a wild time and it's been very very cool like i was kind of telling you i've, I've kind of been i've been watching you for kind of two two and a half three years now well, it's actually probably been longer because i feel like the whole covid like year is just basically written out so it's probably close to around about four years and man like <laughs> your journey in that time has been crazy but but just kind of for a quick sec i want to roll it back because uh i feel like i've heard you talk before like in terms of training, in terms of getting into everything, that ball really didn't start rolling for you until you moved from New Zealand to Australia, correct? Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I never, I, th- I think I never really trained, like consistently trained at all in a gym or had a gym membership um, until I moved to Australia in 2012, I think. So um yeah, I, was, I would be maybe like um, 33 now. So whatever, yeah, sort of. Uh, it's crazy. Old, like, yeah, 24 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 23. Yeah. yeah, and like you kind of said, you weren't even necessarily one of these kids that were like, obviously in New Zealand, rugby is like life. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I grew yeah. up playing rugby over here. That was my whole life yep. from the age of six to like 18, 19, getting into professional academies and whatever. So I know there's obviously that huge culture over there, but you weren't necessarily one of those guys that lived, ate, breathed rugby 24 seven. You wanted to go pro. That was your whole life. You did lots of different bits and pieces, didn't you? Like I've, I've kind of heard you say that yeah. you weren't, you weren't like double down on any one thing throughout kind of like your childhood going into adulthood. Right. Now, so um, I I always liked playing rugby and rugby league. Like it was just the thing to do, you know. Um, I think same as any New Zealand kids. But um, like if I wind it back all the way back, I did sort of like athletics growing up, and and also did like so I did athletics in the summer and then like did rugby in the winter type thing. It was yeah. just like same so, as me, dude. Same as me. And you used yeah. to throw? Did you throw shot and disc? Um, I threw discus mainly, and then okay. like I actually really like long jump. Um, but um, I, ju- I just wasn't really like that top end, didn't have that top end speed. So, yeah, I, I was sort of just, um, I think I sort of got away from it when I was about 11 or something like that because I was just getting smoked in the races. <laughs> and I was like, I'm short, so I wasn't really that great, like built that well for long jump or high jump. So okay, I yeah. still throw a discus, but I mean, I think that core... Um, run, jump, throw, sort of um, th- those aspects in athletics were, like, awesome for, uh, you know, just teaching the basics of, of, yeah. sort of athleticism. Yeah. 100%. And I think that that's one thing that really interests me is that kind of when I look back through at various guests and even myself, do you know what I mean? Like, there generally tends to be, like, a sport where, like, there was – they kind of – they went ham, they doubled down on that, and then their athletic development really came from – that aspect so i'm always fascinated when i find people like yourself where you know it wasn't like you were developing one particular thing and then you come into you know actually weightlifting and you've already got a incredible foundation do you know what i mean like a foundation that that people usually spend a, a very 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 long time on so there's obviously 
you're obviously very, very talented at what you do. You work incredibly hard. But I think that, you know, it's also fair to say with everything you've said there and whatever, you've obviously got some like decent genetics behind you as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you're very, very athletic. You're very powerful. You're very fast. You're very explosive. And I feel like without those things, there's no way that you would have been able to achieve the insane feats of strength that you've done at sub hundred kilo body weight, which for someone who hasn't been less than a hundred kilos since he was like, 13 years old it's it yeah. blows my mind well i'm six for eight man do you know what i mean like i i, True, I yeah. <laughs> like you gotta carry weight really easy do you know what i mean so yeah. it, it it always blows my mind to to speak to guys like you and i had the pleasure of speaking to like alexi novikov do you know what i mean like again not yeah, a super right. tall athlete but you guys are so fucking explosive it's crazy it's insane so yeah. like i think that's key isn't it like that explosive strength you know it's, yeah. Um, you, yeah, it's sort of, I, yeah, I guess you can't really, well, you can teach it, but I mean, if it comes naturally, then it's just, it makes so many more things like a lot easier. Dude, um, I completely agree. I, I think, and I was speaking to someone at the gym about this, that like the whole concept of teaching someone to be fast and explosive is incredibly hard. You know what I mean? Training for actual speed development is tough and actually from a coaching standpoint when you train for speed development it generally doesn't stick around that long do you know what i mean you've got a very short half-life of how long those benefits are going to stick around for so to be someone like yourself who's who's just so powerful explosive all the time man it's you know you kind of push yourself into a league of your own so what i am really interested in is you rock up in oz you get your gym membership Mm. what the fuck is the process of stepping foot into a gym and then entering the CrossFit games X years mm-hmm. later? Because th- this is what like fries my brain, dude. Like I've been lifting since yeah. I was like 13 and the concept of even going to the games like makes me feel physically ill having to do any of that training. So for someone to be man. so fresh into it, man, how did you do it? What was that process like? So, you know, a lot like the, the biggest factor in um, any, I think any CrossFit athlete is going to be like the environment that they train in, you know, and the, the community that they train in. And, you know, like, especially in 2012, 2013, when CrossFit had only been around really for maybe like three or four years type thing. Um, well, yeah, it was still fairly new. It was, there was just such a huge buzz around it and, and um, they really pushed community like really hard. So, cause I had, like I moved here, I had pretty much no friends. Like I had my, um, obviously my wife and my, my young, my eldest daughter was here with us. We had one set of friends that didn't really do much fitness. Um, and so like I, I literally had no friends. So I went to the gym with like a, a, like a positive attitude on making friends and I just really enjoyed it really got along well with the um, people at the gym, at CrossFit gym. It's just like a really cool community. So you wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, you wanted to be there like every every afternoon or, um, you know, you just wanted to be at the gym because, especially for me, having not much outside the gym. Yeah. So, but then also what that sort of community did was um, because everyone else wanted to be there and they were all putting themselves through these, horrific workouts you know so if you got someone else next to you who's also feeling like absolute shit 
spewing at the drain, you know. Um, and plus, there's that competitive aspect. Like, I've always been extremely competitive, especially against yeah. my sister and stuff like that. So it's just like the cycle of, you know, like it's just an awesome environment. You know, you're getting fit, you're getting healthy, so you see the results as well. You get addicted to, um, you know, seeing your body change and stuff like that because I didn't really have many muscles or abs or stuff like that when I, you know, turned up to the gym. So it was just like, yeah, the, I don't know. I can't really explain it. It was just, I just fell in love with CrossFit in the community. And then, I mean, the um, physical development and all of that, the strength gain and all that sort of stuff just came as a byproduct of the whole thing. So, it was, yeah, it's the best thing that sort of ever happened to me, really, you know, walking into that CrossFit gym and stuff like that. So, yeah, man, 100%. I, um, I think, you know, what you kind of said that really makes sense, you know, in terms of you being new to the country, you get involved with this, you're then immediately put in a position where you are going to be around, well, if you like it, you're going to be around like-minded people that want to do the same shit that you do. And I mean, that is the perfect icebreaker. Do you know what I mean? And like you said, when when you are there blowing out your ass and you look across and you've got like six, seven, eight other guys and girls that are all doing the same thing, you're like, yeah. okay, we're all on the same level. We're all in this together. Then that strange kind of like family, like camaraderie comes together because you're like, we all want to see each other succeed. We all want to see each other develop and, and kind of push forward. So yeah, man, I think that, that that's, if anyone's moving countries, just get a gym membership. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just get a gym membership and make friends. 100%, especially a CrossFit gym, you know, or, or I mean, it doesn't have to be a CrossFit gym, but get go to a, a gym that, that feels right, you know, that feels right to be at. Right? And you know straight away, you'll know within the first couple of sessions, if people are saying hi to you and, you know, you, you, you're not just, I mean, you just know if, yeah. if a gym's going to work for you. So, of course. Um, oh, yeah, it's sort of some awesome advice. Some of you moving country, go to a gym. Just and get involved. Just get involved and get do involved. stuff, man. Yeah, yeah 100%. So, it. it's uh, the other thing that kind of really interests me, like around CrossFit and going back through all of the episodes, there's been various different shades thrown on CrossFit at every which way direction. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like now we actually yeah. have, we actually have a true, true CrossFit athlete in, in, here sat with us that we can debunk all this shit with. So I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Like you usually see people come into the games with, again, like that really heavy development around, their aerobic energy system or around the calisthenics and the ability to do muscle ups and handstands and walks and all this sort of stuff, or they are just beautifully technically proficient at ollie lifting. So yeah. for someone coming into the sport for the first time, what were the, the aspects that you were just like picked up straight away? And were there, if there were any aspects where you were like, I suck at this so bad and I need to work so so yeah. hard at this. Like I I, I um I absolutely hated the assault bike. Oh. I absolutely hated rowing. No, well, rowing was the sort of um the lesser of the three evils, if you well, four <laughs> evils really. Like assault bike rower, uh running and swimming, right? Absolutely like the first swimming, uh, the first CrossFit comp I had that, um, <laughs> that that uh, that had swimming in it, I legitimately almost died. Like I've got this picture, <laughs> I'll um, I'll put it on my on my story or something later, and it's me like it's a really cool picture because I'm like, 
like this out of the water, but it's like, it's a face of fear. Like, so yeah, I really hated swimming or the, all the aerobic stuff. But one thing I will say is like, the, my, I still remember my very first CrossFit session uh, at CrossFit, a place called CrossFit Morley. I walked in um, and I snatched like 85 kilos, like my first, um, my first ever time. Like I never snatched before in my life. I did the fundamentals oh, what was your outside. Body oh, yeah, I would have been, I think I would have been maybe like 83 or something like that. Yeah, like I, my peak CrossFit weight was like 87. So I had, any, I didn't have any muscle or anything like that. Like, yeah, Just I would say I was would have been about 83. Starch, yeah, like it was really ugly, but like the raw strength, like now I look, I've, I've still got the video and looking back on it, I don't know, I just, I, you know, I just uh, had the strength. So that was, and uh, that actually um, matched the gym record. <laughs> the, the very first, like, so everyone was like, what the hell? Like this dude, yeah. and, and I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really know what to, you know, I was just, I was just lifting weight. So yeah. I think after, you know, and then I slowly realized, you know, I think through like, you know, over the next couple of months or something like that, that I was, I was pretty strong for a crossfitter, you know, especially like somebody new. Yeah. So, um, and then my very first ever tested back squat, I think I squatted like 185 kilos or something like that. And like, I never, I never ever tested my back squat in my life. I think I'd maybe, yeah, yeah. I think I'd maybe done like, I don't think I would have ever really trained um, back squat, but I just had a really good technically sound squat. And strong legs, I'd, I'd say from um, skateboarding, because I skateboarded a lot growing up from like 12 to like 16. Yeah. In Auckland, where it's just hilly, it's like, yeah. so we have to, we, 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 we skated everywhere and just skating up the hills, down the hills, up, anyway, getting off track. But yeah, I was just, so I just was really lucky that I had like some raw strength. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first went to the CrossFit gym. Um, and I, I sucked at the gymnastic stuff. Um, and like I learned how to kip pull-ups before I could do strict ones. So just because you want to learn how to do like those fancy kips and all of that first. So I really actually regret um, not learning how to do proper strict pull-ups first. But wow. yeah, so I was pretty shit at, at most, you know, most of the other aspects of CrossFit, but I think the lifting stuff sort of came. Came really natural to you. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty lucky with that. So then you you made your official CrossFit Games debut in what like 2017? Yeah, yeah. So we made the um, my team. So I went to CrossFit Games and with the team. So um, our team made the CrossFit that was Injustice, right? Injustice CrossFit. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Injustice. Yeah, um, man, that's 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 incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like just just getting there. Yeah. So. Dude. And like, yeah. So, uh, so in between that, obviously, like I moved from uh, I moved from like um, North Perth to South Perth, and that's when I moved to Injustice. And when I moved to Injustice, I think that's when my sort of CrossFit training just really took off because I was I went from being like the strongest dude in the gym to the weakest, with you know probably the sh- shitter shittiest like cardio out of the sort of better people that were competing. Which is what you want, right? Gymnastics, exactly what you want, man. So I moved to a gym where everyone was just pushing me and 
they, oh man, um, Injustice was just like a whole, whole nother beast. I remember my second ever workout, I rocked up um, early one afternoon before the class had started, like an hour and a half earlier, actually. And the, my second ever workout at Injustice was with um, three other guys, and we did a 75-minute email. And, like, I, they wrote it up on the board, and I was like, Are that like, is this, fucking, is this fucking for real? They were, one of the rounds, I think it was like a four or five round, 70, uh, like 75 minute email. So it's like five exercises that just repeated. But, but there was a one minute rest in between, I think, the five exercises. So generous. So generous. But like, I looked up at the board and I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to do this. And, um, but the thing is, like, we started it, there was probably about 15 seconds rest in between each. Like, you know, so it was about 45 seconds on, 15 seconds off the five rounds and then a one-minute rest. It was like running, back squat, pull-ups. I can't remember exactly everything, but I remember I got to, like, 45 minutes and I wanted to stop. And then, and then I was just like, fuck, I think I actually might do this. And, like, the other dudes weren't stopping. I think that, um, and, like, the, you know, they were, like, the fittest dudes in the gym. But then I just remember, like, we got to the end of that, of that, 75 minute email and I was just like holy shit what the hell just happened and I think like mentally doing that workout was just a huge sort of like benchmark for me it was like holy fuck like I just just worked out pretty much non-stop for 75 minutes and I think it sort of oh, they never said it or anything like that because it was just but I think I sort of like what accepted a little bit into the into the club you know of the the, the, the boys after that, you know, if you could stick around for um, the workout like that, I think it was like a, you know, just a good, good sign for them. It's like your initiation into the gang, isn't it? It was, man. It was <laughs> in, in a way. So, um, yeah, um, moving to justice was, was, yeah, absolutely huge. The community there was like next level. Yeah, it's um, it, it was just like a huge part in, in I guess, my um, you know, strength training career and, and all that sort of stuff moving down there so yeah 100 uh, percent. like you said like being in that environment like you you can't put a price on that being around people other people that are driven and other people that are doing what you want to do and other people that are stronger than you like i like i was kind of saying beforehand it it pays dividends to be the weakest dumbest most uneducated person in the room because you're always going to yeah. learn from it and you know i mean <laughs> I think that kind of speaks to exactly what happened in your situation, man. Do you know what I mean? Like you're so, yeah. so gifted, willing to work so hard and then having all of that extra, you know, information around you from those guys to kind of help help you get through and push your development on. You can't really ask for more than that. Do you know what I mean, man? It's, no, it's absolutely you, incredible. Exactly, man. You can't buy that stuff. You just have to, you know, seek it out. And, um, yeah, when you, when you find it, you're really hundred percent. So oh, in cool. terms of, obviously, we know that around CrossFit, you have so many elements to train for. It's incredibly overwhelming. And from my standpoint, I feel like a lot of people, not necessarily as much on the pro scene, because 
they have nutritionists, they have recovery experts, they know what they're doing. But for a lot of people that aren't necessarily that person that trying to get up to that pro level, there's so much overtraining going on. The body's so beaten up because people don't necessarily know how or how to program, how to scale, how to peak, how to do any of those things. So for you coming into it, was it getting ready for the games? Was it literally just a case of come in, do whatever the other guys are doing and then go home? Is there anything that was tailored for you coming into it? And as a result of those things, did you find that you were getting into positions where you're like, oh man, I really am fucking beat up here and I shouldn't be doing this? Or did you feel pretty good the whole way through? Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, the year of the games, we we did start, um, we've started following the training plan. I don't know if you heard of the training plan. Uh, it was a guy named... Yami Mackinnon, I want to say something like this. Okay. The yeah. Training plan. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll give that. I look. should know a bit more about it, but anyway, we're following his um, games prep sort of program, but um, pretty closely. Yeah. So our, our training was pretty structured. Um, it was there was a lot of training. Like um, I was doing like. Like, so, like, I was training, like, like 10 sessions a week. So, um, yeah. Between lifting so, and cardio. That was included in that. So, like, um, yeah, you're sorry. Yes, but, yeah, the 10 sessions covered, like, you know, um, lifting and cardio. We usually did um, most of the lifting in the afternoons. But, like, I'd get up at, um, I'd get up at, like, 4.30, drive to the gym, get to the gym at 5.00, train from five to six i was meant to start work at six but i was like so many things just really lined up like injustice was like three minutes drive from my work so i get to work late like almost every day like five past six so like yeah get up and then i'd finish work at um 2 30 so like yeah at that time i was working from six to 2 30 so like finish at 2 30 in the afternoon and then like just drive back to the gym <laughs> and then train train yeah legit train from like three to like five yeah and just did that five days a week and then um we would work out on either saturday or sunday just one session and then you'd have to have like one of those other days off so it was like there was a huge amount of volume but it was a lot of it was tailored through the training plan yeah. um and yeah so I didn't ever really feel overtrained or anything like that. Yeah. I think like I did, I think um, I used to eat quite, I never had a nutritionist or anything like that either, but with that, my like one thing, like I, like I do love eating. So I did just eat a lot. So my energy levels were never really, and because I had to start like get up at four, I went to sleep, you know, quite early as well. So uh, I think I just had to, make sure that I um, sort of looked after my nutrition. Well, I ate enough. I wouldn't say looked after nutrition, but I just ate a lot. And because the training volume was so high, like, um, I, I, you know, I wasn't ever getting fat or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, like, you can get away with it as well. Yeah, my metabolism was just like, you know, through the roof. So I could just eat heaps, train. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I managed to cope with it pretty well. Um, I did, I never really had any huge injuries. I was pretty lucky. 
Um, I it's did real. hurt my yeah, I did hurt my left shoulder once um, in the like qualifying for the games at the um, at the regional competition because I had to do like I still was I still think it's the most stupidest movement like cross. So I know CrossFit has some stupid movements, but they for a while there they were pushing like single arm dumbbell overhead squats. You know, and like this functional, yeah. like a lot of stuff yeah. is functional, but like when are you ever really holding like 30 kilos over your head and one arm is squatting with it? Like I, I always yeah. go, I just got a huge beef with that movement. Like, because basically it hurt my shoulder. So that's to do yeah. like, I think we had like a hundred of those to do in a workout between the three of us. And like my two partners, they, they keep getting no ripped. So I ended up having to do like, Oh my like god! 50 of myself, you know. So, oh, um, but anyway, I managed to stay pretty, yeah, pretty injury free. Didn't really fatigue a lot, uh, you know, that I can remember. So, I don't know. It was just uh, because obviously I'd been training CrossFit for like four years. I just sort of conditioned myself up to, you know, that that amount of volume and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, which um, is it wasn't perfect. Like it was just yeah, yeah. And then obviously, then I think that that is probably one of the things that is on the more daunting side of things for people that then come across into the sport like strongman that if you just come from like bodybuilding or athletics or this or that when you hit those like first first few weeks of training and you're just like what the fuck is this volume what is this weight my cns doesn't know what's going on like you just get hit from every angle so i think you know the fact that you had four years of conditioning under your belt, I would imagine the transition was pretty seamless, was it not? To strongman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember um, was it when I first, was, I've had the same coach in strongman all the way through. So I remember... Oh, for real? Like, That's sick. Yeah, yeah. So I met... Um, so my coach is uh, Max, Maximus McCall um, on Insta and... Um, Max and I, yeah, he's been my coach since day one of Strongman. And um, I remember, so I met, like, the story of I met him, I met him uh, at my very first um, novel, no, my very first Strongman comp uh, after the games. So, like, as soon as the games was over, I'm like, I'm doing Strongman because, like, I was introduced to all these little movements through CrossFit, like Farmer's Walk, Yoke. Um, obviously, like you know, overhead pressing, yeah. um, squat, squatting, like all, all that sort of stuff. All your sandbag um, stuff, and yeah, sandbag carries, all of that was in strongman already. I mean, in CrossFit already. And I just, I just enjoyed it way more than like running and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, as soon as the games was over, I was like, oh, I'm doing, a, I'm doing strongman comp, and um, went to my first strongman comp, and I saw Max there, and he was just like this skinny dude with glasses kid i call him a kid because he was only like maybe 21 or something like that i can't remember i should know better and he was like skinny he's like i don't know a bit taller than me but i remember he yoked like 350 kilos or something like that like and he was competing in heavyweight he was competing in heavyweight and i'm sure he would have wouldn't have been much over 100 at all he's like six foot i don't know maybe two or something like that Uh... but i'm like how the hell is this dude um, yoking like 350 he looked he's got like skinny he's got glasses on all this and anyway I, I remember at the end of the comp I was like oh 
really trained this and that, like just trying to pick his brain. I'm like, man, this dude's strong for yeah for uh you know um for a skinny guy. <laughs> not 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 so strong looking dude. Anyway, and then he's like, Oh, I trained out of this gym, Revo, blah blah blah. He's like, Oh, I actually do um I was like, Oh, who's your coach? And he was actually coached by Tom Hibbert at the time. Oh so, um, that was yeah, mad. Yeah. yeah, and he said to me, Oh, my coach is uh, he, this story is public knowledge now, but his he's like, Well, my coach is Tom Hibbert, but um he's not actually taking on any new clients at the moment. And that was that was turned out to be a lie. <laughs> and um he's like, Oh, he's like, but I'm but but I do coaching. And Max was a strength coach, like he, he was a personal trainer. So um yeah, he told me that Tom was full. I don't think I would have been able to afford Tom's training at the time anyway, so a fire um, from that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So I ended up like messaging him. I think a couple, a couple weeks later or something like that, and said, "Hey, I'm looking for a strongman coach because I never had a uh, like a personal coach in CrossFit. I was like, if I'm gonna do strongman, like I want to get a coach for it because I know nothing about strength training per se. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I literally would just do what was ever on the board, whatever was on the board. Yeah, at, at CrossFit, so um, yeah, didn't have a plan or anything like that how to get strong. So yeah, got Max and um, what was what was the original sort of question? Um, how did we get back there? What was your original? So it, it, it was that? it was just kind of the 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 transition, the seamless transition between kind yeah. of the, the the CrossFit games and coming into Strongman, and yeah, like you kind of summed it up exactly there, man. And then yeah, pretty much um, I, I used to. Like I remember the first training program Max sent me, and um, I was like, "Is that it?" You know what I mean? Like it was literally, it was like I think it was five sessions. So your sessions per week have halved, halved at this point. Halved is that, and I said to him, "Oh, can I, can I still do like? Should I still should I do still do some cardio on like? Can I do double days for like you know maybe just Monday Tuesday or what?" And they got to, the, I think he sort of tried to incorporate it. And then he's like, mate, you just need to stop. <laughs> yeah, um, you don't need strength this shit, tra- So he said strength training is different. Like, less is more. You need to trust the process. And so, yeah, my, my, my training day is like halved. Um, I think for a little while, I probably was still doing like a little bit with, with the boys. But then once I started seeing like my strength, then right. like my strict, my strict press went from like 75 kilos to like, I want to say like 85 kilos, like really fast, like within maybe like over the first training cycle, which was eight weeks. So like I put 10 kilos on it and I was like, okay, I think I need to actually like listen because this is working. So yeah. Um, yeah. The transition was yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty easy once I accepted like that I didn't need to do as much volume on like, all this other stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah. The, it was yeah, the, the workload was like way easier to manage. So, so coming into so coming out of the CrossFit Games, what are you weigh? What were you kind of weighing in and around about there? I was like eighty seven, like on the dot every eighty seven and a half, something like that. So when you came um, out of the games, did you did you guys have a chat about okay, you know, here it needs to be in a weight category? Are we going to look to go bigger, or are we going to look to try and shrink down and try and maintain size? Like, did you ever did you flit like flit with the idea of being in like the around the eighty mark, or was it always now? Nah, I want I want to get bigger. I want to go ninety plus. 
I live. I think it was always like, I think um, I had like a um, DEXA body scan uh, in 2017, a couple months before the games, and I was like 8% body fat or something like that. So there was literally not much room for me to move to go down. Like, yeah. like seven, seven, seven kilos at um, probably like 12% body fat or something like that. You're probably holding quite a lot of water. Yeah. And if you want to get under, like you can. But for me, I think you know, I was just, you know, I was at like a really good weight to put on a bit more muscle and still be under 90, you know. So, um, and I probably was a little bit heavier going into my first comp um, after that. So, yeah, look, I didn't really ever think about going down. Um, yeah, just thought 90 was like good. Perfect. And it's not too much as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you may have experienced it before, but your body really knows that sweet spot of when it's it's got enough body weight behind it. Do you know what I mean? And then when you then try to just eat for eat and say you can try to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you go out to perform and you're like, everything feels way tougher. Do you know what I mean? Everything doesn't yeah. feel like it's just like bang, firing you, find, you kind of uh, have to almost like, it's like you're w- wading through custard or something, like you're having to really push really hard. And you're like, wow, my body just does not feel like it's firing all senators at the same time now. Yeah, that's funny, man. Because I like, I never, um, I did my first um, proper comp at 105 um, earlier this year in uh, March or something like that. Yeah. Might have even been April. And um yeah, like, and I sort of deliberately, like, bulked a little bit to get there. And while I got stronger, like, um, I remember I went to run the farmers on, on the day. And, like, my feet were literally just couldn't keep up with how fast I was trying to walk. And I, like, stumbled and, and I was like, fuck, what, fuck, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I, I just, I mean, it was so fast. It was only, like, 15-meter farms or something. I quickly picked them up and kept going. But I remember, like, I was like, holy shit, that's, um, that feels weird not being... And the same thing happened later in the day when I had a sandbag run. Like, I almost tripped with the sandbag. And I was like, shit, like, I, did, I neglected speed work a little bit um, in my trip. So, and it showed, like, it was, it was just weird having that extra body weight and how it sort of just made things not quite... Yeah, yeah, it just, it just does, yeah. it just doesn't gel. You can't quite put your finger on it, but you just it something doesn't feel right. And I think this is like obviously being six foot eight, I'm walking around like 135, 140 kilos. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like super, super easy. So I think I'm all you know, I'm always going to be in the open category. I don't have a fucking choice here. I'm never going to yeah. be in a weight cat. But for guys like you, I find like this is this is the really hard part. Because like so, we had Del McPherson on three D strength was the the last guy. Obviously, absolutely incredible weight category um, strong man. Yes. But for 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 you guys, you're like okay, I smashed the ninety kilo division. Now what? Okay, yeah. I got to get bigger and then improve all of my my stamina, my speed, all of my reactive force, everything again to then jump up to the one hundred five. And then what? Do you know what I mean? Like you're, I feel like you guys are always kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, especially when. Like you did, you know, you come out of nowhere, you fucking put the biggest stamp on, on the scene that you can, and then you're like, so yeah. now what? <laughs> now what now what, what do yeah. I do now, bro? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, um, uh, yeah, it's funny how that happened, but like, 
I, I was thinking of, you know, because I've been toying with going up. I think I will still compete at 105 locally just because, like, um, it's, it's like, I don't know, you don't want to, I don't want to be beaten up on, like, it's just a bit more of a challenge, I think, at 105 um, locally and stuff like that. But then, like, I, I don't really like being at 105 either. So, like, I just, because I'm only, like, five foot nine, so I just get, like, oh, I just yeah. don't like look, looking fat in the mirror and, sh- and stuff like that, yeah, you know, like yeah, having a chubby, yeah. like, because, I mean, all that's all part of your, you know, your mental state and stuff like that. Like, if you're looking in the mirror and you don't like, like, being a bit fluffier and stuff like that, you're not going to feel good. So, um, yeah. I don't, yeah, don't particularly, I mean, I don't know, maybe I should sort of been, uh, I should try and be a bit more leaner and, and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know, I think 90, um, you know, nationally and internationally, just, just like, why would I change? Bro, you're, you're literally the strongest under 90 kilo man, like in the fucking world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. if anyone doesn't need to change anything, it's probably you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel and like so- you got this down, brother. I feel like yeah. you got this down. Like at 90 kilos, we're Gucci. So I, I think yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? You just have to, you get caught between that rock and the hard place. If it's like, okay, well, I can do this and I know I'm going to have to work hard for it. Or I can stay yeah. at this weight category and do what you've kind of been doing where you're just blowing every world record out of the water and just kind of working through your own personal list. So obviously like yeah. you've done incredible things with the 200 kilo stone load. That was insane. Yeah. The 100 kg yeah. monster dumbbell, which is thrown around what like 96 kilo monster dumbbell for like reps now, which is like yeah. is dope to see. Like that's insane <laughs> stuff, man. So for you, what do you get more pleasure out of? going for the world records or being in front of that crowd and competing in like a five, six event, full on day, getting out there, podium, the lot. What, 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 what tickles your pickle a little bit? You know, what, what gets you going? Um, I think it's a pretty even mix of both, to be honest. Like I still much rather compete in competitions and stuff like that. Okay. Because, yeah, because, um, I like, I think both of them, what, what what drives me, I think, overall is just sort of like, um, is, is sort of inspiring people, you know what I mean? And trying to just push things to like a bit, like another level, um, like inspiring, especially like like people from back home and stuff like that, or, or just, just anyone that really messages me and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I was talking to you earlier and like, I'd sort of, you know, you mentioned like you've been following me for like three years and stuff like that, you know, and, and watching my journey and stuff like that. And I think it's easy for me to forget that like you are an inspiration to some people and stuff like that. So being able to inspire people, um, it really does like make a, you know, push you to, to keep going and it sort of makes it, um, you know, all the hard work and all that sort of stuff worth it. So yes at the end at the end of the day that's probably the main factor um, yeah you know that that, that drives me but um on like a personal challenge note yeah i I like both of them but i think competing is just um it's it's sort of where like everything can come into play there's so many different elements of a competition you know what i mean where it's like the, the mental 
gamesmanship with people. Yeah. Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, I really, I like, I low-key love, love that. Like, and if um, you're competitive as well, like, I am horrifically competitive. Like, yeah. horrifically competitive. I would rather die than come in second place. Like, that's just yeah, me. Yeah, that's yeah. how I'm built. So I, I know exactly what you mean, because when you're in competition, you're you're always getting that like little kick out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's like a drug for yeah. us where it's like, okay, I've got five events. I've got five opportunities to just blow out the water to just kill this, to, to work really, really hard. And then you kind of keep track and you're like, okay, I know he's got 11 reps. I know he's got 12. I need to go up there. I need to do 13. I've got this. I've got my groove. And then the people start cheering and then you start to get in your rhythm and you're like, yeah, okay, this is good. I feel all of this. But then <laughs> when you're doing that world record shit, it's like, that's just on you, man. Like there, there's the dumbbell. It's in the middle of the room. Here's a camera. Go pick it up. You're like, <laughs> man, it's so yeah. hard to get yourself G'd up and hyped up for that when you don't have someone else there being like, okay, it's me and you, man. Head to head. Last one standing wins. Let's go. I'm going to give everything. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I will not be the first person leaving this platform. Like, I don't care what happens. You have to take yeah. me off in a stretcher. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like... Yeah. Look, but, but like both of those, both of those scenarios are just like, you know, they're just what you work for in the end, you know what I mean? So, and they're both like such cool challenges, like, um, you know, especially because, like, you know, when you got a world record or something like that, and it's just you versus the implement, you know, it's like, it's, it's and, and like you just, it's just like comes down to one moment, you know, like your whole 10, nine, like eight week training block literally yeah. is defined by looks like this one. And I think once you, like, when you can, like, conquering those little you know like if we, especially like if we take the um stone for example like i was do, i was about to say I, that i was about yeah. to say the stone man was it third third lift you get it and it's just third, like third attempt man you know what i mean like i, I, I missed um my warm-up weight at 180 and i was like but i thought like something like i knew what I, I think the key was i knew what i did wrong like okay. i just didn't Perfect. yeah yeah so like i I lifted like this is meant to be a warm up. You meant to nail it, but I, like I, I lapped the stone really easy, extended quite easy, but I just I just didn't quite finish. Like finish, you didn't get that like, triple extension through. through the chest. Yeah, through, well, just I just didn't like time my um, forward motion um, correctly going over, and I was did like, you just hit right. the bar with the stone? Yeah, I, th I think. Well, I think actually I came down on top of it. So I came okay. down on top on top of the bar, but I was, you know, literally like five mil to, to this side to, yeah. of the bar. But at least the height was there. So I was like, all right. I'll, I'll <laughs> It'll but, be all right. It'll but be for all some right. reason, I just wasn't worried. Like I sort of knew instantly as soon as it, I knew where it hit, I was like, okay, that's all good. Um, second one, you know, picked the 200, um, went to get it up and over, and I was like, what happened? Um, I think I was just, um, I had my, I had like my hands in a real funny spot. Um, like, cause I think I hit the bar and I had, I was trying to push it over, but I had my hands on like a real weird spot. Well, you couldn't quite, you, I, could, you couldn't really like push through it at all. You were just kind of around the. Yeah, I, th I think I ended up, my hands ended up being underneath it quite a lot. Where, okay. Um, so you kind of hit, here and then you kind yeah, of I like, went like that and I was no. trying to like bicep curl it up <laughs> just casually yeah. bicep curl 180 kilo stone <laughs> well yeah I mean like I'd, I'd hit the top 
But then I shifted my hands underneath, I think, instead of behind the stone. Anyway, like, I was, like, and, and this this stuff's happened to me, like, twice now with stones. Like, I had a, um, oh, shit, this is nasty. Um, one of the, like, um, my veterans in, in WA Strongman, Jeremy, oh, I forget his um, last name now, he was there watching me, and he said, mate, you try to bicep curl that one over, get your hands back and behind and just push it over. It's there. Just push it over. And like, you, can, you, know, you can't buy that stuff either. So like, like Jeremy told me this cue, literally like, you know, five minutes later, lifted it, got to the same position. And this time, instead of having my hands underneath, I just literally pulled them to the back and pushed it up and over and like, it went over. And I was just like, you know, um, oh, it's just like an awesome feeling because you know, you still work so hard for this, you know, these sort of things. And it's just like, you know, it's an awesome, you know, privilege to be able to break it, to be able to lift it, to, you know, just be able to finish the day and actually, actually make my lift, you know, after two failed. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the other side of, you know, um, get comps and, and world records. They both, like, have their own sort of cool aspects, you know, to them. So, yeah, yeah 100%. Both go hand in hand. Yeah, I totally get that, man. I totally get that. Now, uh, all of that, you know, is is obviously fantastic. But when we kind of look look back at kind of you know what we've had to go through over the last kind of, I would say, eighteen months. I know you guys are over in Australia are still kind of struggling with the repercussions of everything that's kind of gone on across the world. But I kind of want to hop into how you've kind of how you've kind of found this this process kind of coming out of all of these competitive environments you know one thing that that we've spoken about quite heavily on this podcast is the fact that you know as lifters there's a lot a lot of our identity in in who we believe we are and who we represent you know what i mean to the outside world is it's it's based in the gym and it's based around being able to pick up these cool things and do all this shit that we really like so for a lot of people that lost that and, and you know the last 18 months i think it's been well i know i struggled a hell of a lot and i know that a lot of people that i've spoken to have struggled too so talk to me a little bit about how you kind of how you found that process was it a time for you to take a little bit of time off to actually kind of get your body right get your head right and then find that passion again and come back into it or was it just like a okay, we've got to keep this sawmill turning. We've got to keep on grinding. Like, what, how did you kind of find the entire thing? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I think it's a really cool, you know, that you bring it up because it's probably pretty relevant, obviously, right now. But um, for me, the first, um, I think, like, the first, shit, how long? Yeah, like, it's probably 18 months ago now, wasn't it? It was, like, yeah, sort of so February-ish, February twenty. 20 was it yeah something like that yeah 20, 20. I, I, I can't keep so, i can't keep track of yeah. it all either man man so when like when it first came out i think we were in lockdown for like nine weeks and i remember i trained like i just kept i just kept keeping on you know we, we were like oh um arnold's is in march or, or you know uh april or something like that so we sort of thought it was all gonna go well, ahead over. and stuff like that yeah so i, I, I kept training like um, pretty pretty like regularly during lockdown and stuff like that for like maybe about six of the nine weeks and then I thought like got to the point where actually one night a buddy 
Um, I went off course. I was like snatching like with the axle bar, and I, I broke like this little um, like a bone in my little finger. And then like I was like, oh, fuck, like what the hell? And anyway, so after that, I sort of just took time to chill. Um, last year, um, I was still like planning on competing at a lot of like competitions. What did we end up doing last year? We had our Obviously, we had record breaks at the end of the year. We were lucky enough to do that. So yeah. that was – I had a goal of doing that um, and managed to do that. So that was all good. Uh, like, that sort of gave me something to work towards. Um, that was all good. And then we had um, some other stuff happen or that was planned to happen this year. And I think, like, I, I managed to do one comp earlier this year. But, like, for me, um, all of my – my big goals this year were, were to do stuff like nationally and then internationally and like none of them have eventuated. So, um, yeah, it's like, be it's hard. Been, it, it has been pretty tough, you know, like, um, just motivation to, to like, there's still been some local competitions, but, um, like I'm so competitive, like I just really want to attack like these sort of, you know, national and international yeah. competitions so yeah, yeah look I've, I've i've just taken a step back a little bit um you know forced by obviously the situations and stuff like that and um yeah like i'll, I'll admit like it's not been easy um you know I've, I've, I've struggled with motivation a lot um at times over the past sort of like six months yeah. and that like that, that for me is like been really strange to to you know to deal with because i've I've always just had like like these little goals just come up one after another and stuff that I can sort of um, get stuck into. But like I'd say I I don't know if it was if if it's sort of like a bit of depression or if it's just you know like not having um, it probably is classed as you know some little form. But you know motivation yeah. just went down down to train and stuff like that. And um, I just had to take take a little break, and, and then some of it was forced because like I injured my knee and stuff like that. Um, but you know what what it did do as well was just allow me to sort of realign with like my family and stuff like that, and actually start doing a bit more work at work. You know, like um, <laughs> and doing some of the stuff that I meant to do, but also yeah, yeah like just um, so it was sort of a blessing in disguise because I've just been able to like come home and like be present at home in the afternoons and stuff rather than being at the gym working out to like 5 30 and stuff like that yeah um so like it's it's had its its upsides and its downsides but like i think yeah like it's important to note that um you know like it hasn't been easy to to try and like um you know get up to train every day um to be honest but yeah look we've got um you know, it's starting to come back a bit more around a bit more now. Like I still have a bit of a problem with my knee that I'm actually going to see somebody uh, about tomorrow and see a sports doctor and stuff like that. But yeah, like mm-hmm. motivation's definitely started to come back. And I think like this podcast has been good as well to sort of, you know, just get back into, um, you know, talking strongman and, and um, you know, just, just get motivation like back online. So yeah, uh, it's uh yeah, look, I mean, it's tough. You know, um, COVID sort of just 
I don't know, it's throwing so many things into chaos over the last Bro, it's just throwing so many spanners into the works, man. So many yeah. spanners in terms of organizing events, getting stuff ready, things being cancelled last minute, athletes working through like these hardcore fucking peaking phases in their back gardens yeah. to come to competitions that get cancelled like 48 hours before they're meant to go ahead and stuff, man. Like it's just it's it's devastating, do you know what I mean? And and people that it aren't is... in this don't understand what that's like for someone that that, that 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 does this shit but it's like you know i don't know maybe like you're going for a promotion at work and you you're fucking working you're grinding your ass off 16 hours a day to try and get this promotion and then just before the deadline and you've handed everything in your boss is like oh by the way that promotion's not on the table anymore but thank you very much for doing all this work for nothing and you're like wait what yeah. what yeah. do you know what i mean like it's, it's the exact same so Mate. i think it's it's really it's messed with a lot of people's heads and i think it's also shown shown people if they are truly passionate about this do you know what i mean yeah. like for for the people that were kind of that were in it they were enjoying it they were kind of larking about this has been the thing to be like okay if you're really serious about this and you want to keep on doing this, then you're going to find ways to do bits and pieces and this and that and whatever, and not just fall off of the wagon for 18 months. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, mm -hmm. that's another beautiful thing that's kind of come out of this is that the innovation that people have created, you know what I mean? Like fucking sellotaping weights onto bars and doing all this crazy nonsense. It's just yeah. like, these are the people that just want to pick up stuff and put it down again. Do you know what I mean? Like this, these are the people that just enjoy doing yeah. this shit. These are the people like you. These are the people like me. Do you know what I mean? They're around the back yeah. garden at whatever time doing this crazy stuff. Meanwhile, everyone's sat in front of watching another Netflix documentary series, drinking wine and eating chocolate. Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> so yeah, some people just get off in different ways, man. I know it's been pretty inspirational to watch some people, you know, on, on the gram and stuff like that have been pushing through. Um, and you know it's it's just a good reminder to you know that it's not all doom and gloom you know there are people out there um you know pushing on and um just trying to make it to you know anything that they can any comps they can and all that sort of stuff and um no it's definitely going to be um I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching uh, this year's worlds and like watching some of the especially this year's worlds i think it'd be really cool to see um you know what goes down i don't know like obviously the situation here is just uh, it's pretty crazy it's like, i don't know 100 percent about it but i do know you know over in australia the the rules yeah. and regs are pretty fucking tight at the moment aren't they yeah i mean it's just like dumb just like I, I, dumb. I, I i get it i get it it's, it's because uh well uh, the thing is, we here we sort of try to adopt this like, um, you know, like, like elimination sort of philosophy for ages. Whereas, like people in the UK, you guys all just got the vaccine straight away, and you like you hit, you hit a target, and you're like, all right, we're opening type thing. So I think we're just a little bit behind on it all. Mm. Uh, it's like frustrating to talk about, but pretty much we can't really like borders are just closed. Like even um, state borders, like you can't go to. New South Wales, you can go to Victoria and stuff like that, like travel between our borders. So we're lucky, in the, especially here in WA, in the fact like, that we're pretty much free to go about our lives within our state. But like, yeah, uh, it's just frustrating. You know, you can't go anywhere really internationally without applying and then, you know, forking out an arm and a leg to go into bloody quarantine when you get back. And yeah, it's just like, it's not even, yeah, it's not even viable. So 
Yeah, yeah, and I think um, that's the thing. You know, like, yeah. you have you have to bring attention to that because you know people people will say like, oh, well, there are these opportunities and there are these shows that fucking go on in Bahrain yeah. and Dubai and this and that and whatever. And it's like, okay, guys, but let's think about it logically from a truly professional standpoint at an open elite category. There are maybe four dudes that are full time strongmen. Four yeah. out of every fucking competitor in the world, dude. Those are the only four guys that can afford to come back and take two weeks quarantine and not get hit. Everyone else has got a boss that's going to be like, hey, man, you're doing this stuff in your own time. You're not going to get all this time off as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, So it's so hard for those guys that are juggling stuff that aren't self-employed and whatever that have to you know, make their own money. It's again just an, another element that people don't, don't think about the professional scene, and it's so fucking hard, man. It's yeah. so hard. I know that's it. And like you know, even if you uh, just come down to money and all that sort of stuff. So you know, you and then we've got families and stuff to worry about. And then you're really going to be like the selfish guy, yeah. out of, you know, your community and your household that pees off to America, yeah, 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 you know, somewhere and. You know, and then <laughs> I just, but you know what? It's um, we've had a while to sort of get over it and all that sort of stuff now, and um, I'm looking forward to you know see how this year's worlds goes down. Should be really cool competition to watch and stuff like that. So hundred, hundred percent, man. I'm very, yeah. very, very excited for that. So have you, have you had your qualifiers for the OSG yet? Um, you mean in WA here? Yeah. Oh, um. We or is the is the OSG qualifiers or oh, is this the online video? I think there's online qualifiers at the moment. Um, so yeah. is that something that you're going for, or have you already got an invite from winning it last year? I, I got an invite from winning it in 2019. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, 2019. Yeah. That's why I wasn't 100 yeah. sure whether or not you'd get the invite because of course it carries across from two I years. Did, and yeah. It's like it's mad. Yeah. 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 It's pretty crazy. Like you know, milked it for. A Got to milk it for like a whole nother year. <laughs> no, nobody else, um, no, you know, no one else. <laughs> only for the fear effect that didn't didn't go ahead. But um, I think uh, I'm not sure how it works actually because there were I meant. I know the competition, the Australian competition that were, would have qualified the Australians for OSG um, didn't get to go ahead this year. So I'm I'm not sure exactly how. Um, yeah, what the situation is with new qualifiers, but I, I you know, I guess yeah. uh, other, <laughs> other people who also went to Worlds um, last time probably requalified. I'm not, I actually not sure. Yeah, this is like this is what I was trying to figure out earlier. I was like, okay, so yeah. then, do they just close out new entries, or is it a case of if the entries surpass the entries from the qualifiers in 2019, do then they? get the place instead of that yeah. like it's it's so confusing and i have not so i'm yeah. glad that even you don't know what's going on because <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make me feel quite so crazy that's fine okay and i guess i've probably just been a little bit selfish and not sort out you know once i got mine but i was like dude i mean you don't need to worry yeah yeah so but i'm not sure to be honest so yeah you just get to rock up with your kit bag and throw some stuff around and have a good time man do you know what i mean Okay, so now we move. Uh, I love to end the podcast the same way with absolutely everyone. I always find it a, a very, very fascinating question because I feel like we get to learn, to, to learn a little bit more about you. So for a sec, real quick, I want you to imagine that you are stepping into a time machine. 
And when you step into that time machine, you are brought back in time to your younger self. You're 10, 11, 12 years of age. Very formative years. You've got so much exploring to do in and of yourself as a human being, your career paths, your passions, your loves, romances, whatever it might be. You get to spend a few moments with your younger self and impart some wisdom, knowledge, a mantra, a way to live by, something to help navigate your younger self through all of the trials and tribulations that you know will face this young man ahead of him. And in those moments, what is it that you give or you say to your younger self to help you to get to where you are today? That's a tough question, I guess. Hold on a second. I would... It's a, it's a hard question because obviously, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where I am today right now, you know, and I think, would it, you know, looking back, everything I've done has led me to this point, you know what I mean? So I think... Um, Dude, you can say I, don't I, change anything, do you know what I mean? Like, I, it's completely up to I, you, I, like... What do you think I, he probably needs to one hit? thing I would one thing I would I would tell my younger self is just to really appreciate my relatives and and everyone that, that that's around um, like when they are around because you know um, yeah you know death, deaths happen man and once people die there's, there's there's no coming back you know what I mean so uh, that's probably because I, I you know. I managed my way through through everything else that, that happened to me, you know, even like, you know, I was, I was a little shit when I was 11, you know, I wasted a whole lot of time in my life, like smoking weed and stuff like this, you know what I mean? I was thinking, oh, but I tell myself not to do that. But, you know, it, it, in a way it made me who I am today, you know. So I think I just tell myself to appreciate my relatives, my elders, my family, you know, while they're around because you know, at the end of the day, yeah, life's not forever, so you just got to appreciate people while they're around. Brother, I could not think of a more perfect way to round off this podcast, man. Thank you so much for being here, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, I've been watching you for a while. You're a very, very exciting man to watch. I honestly, I don't think there's there's nothing that you could probably put your hand to that you wouldn't excel in. You're incredibly driven. You're incredibly passionate. You're incredibly inspirational. Just please keep on doing what you're doing, man. Because whether you realize it or not, you are changing lives. You are inspiring people. You are creating a better place. So thank you for what you're doing and just keep it up, man. Uh, no worries, man. Thank, thanks very much for having me. Thanks for um, the kind words. Uh, it's pretty timely for me, you know, having, having this chat. So I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll keep definitely keep doing what I'm doing. So uh, thanks for having me on.